Hey everyone, Jason Malone here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin today's content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and your generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Again, don't know everybody's background here. Don't know your story of friendship, biblical friendship. If you are tempted to be a lone ranger and think that you don't need anyone else, if you are tempted to not invest in biblical friendship because of the past. History would tell us that it's very challenging to attempt to walk through the most difficult days of your life without good biblical friends. That we would lean into those friendships. A friend who takes that friendship intentionally as you take it intentionally. Not just Proverbs 17, 17, the next proverb, Proverbs 18 says this, the very first verse. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Is that a part of your story in any way? If you're a Lone Ranger? It would be the story for some of us. The last verse of the same chapter says this. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And just the reminder as we look at Jonathan and David's life, you know, these aren't simply a few slogan verses to post somewhere. It's not just advice for some people. These verses prove to be true time and time again. It's true for so many of you in this room today. You could speak to it Either way, some of you, your testimony would be, I isolated myself and my life bottomed out. Others of you, your testimony would be, in the hardest and the darkest of days, I had friends who were intentional and vulnerable with me and I with them, and it meant everything. It's definitely true when it comes to David and Jonathan. Saul attempted, just again, let's review it. Saul attempted to kill David in chapter 18, and then he wants to kill him again in chapter 19. Jonathan talks him out of it. That's what we just read. When you get to chapter 20, David is convinced that Saul is once again after him and trying to kill him. And interestingly enough, Jonathan doesn't seem to think so, which is weird if your dad's actually already tried to kill him several times. Like if he came back and go, I think he's trying to do it again. I don't know that the response would be, I doubt it. It should probably be, I bet he is. So they come up with a plan in which they can tell of Saul's uh, desires because they didn't have phones. They couldn't text one another. Yeah, I was just in the room. He's actually trying to kill you. So they had to come up. Technology is a wonderful thing. Someone were after you. Anyway, <clears throat> they come up with this plan where they can find out what they need to find out. 
And really without having to talk to one another anymore, Jonathan and David, David can get away, he can escape. And you can read all about that in chapter 20. But there's just a few verses that I wanna read in chapter 20. This is what it says after they find out the information that they need to find out. Verse 40 of chapter 20. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and he fell on his face to the ground and he bowed three times and they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose, departed, and Jonathan went into the city. I just thought it was interesting, like even here in a very small but significant way, that you actually see the intentionality in their friendship. What do I mean by that? Well, like I said a moment ago, the way they had everything set up was so they didn't need to see each other again. David could have and probably should have just taken off so as not to get caught by the guards. And just like Jonathan had been vulnerable in the giving of his robe and his sword, you see David, what does he do? He bows before Jonathan three times. That is, back in the day, a sign of respect and admiration. And we are reminded of the covenant made in regards to their friendship. I don't know if you picked up on it here, what I just read. There is the commitment, not just of their friendship, but also the commitment of their families moving forward, which I get to talk about in a few weeks. I'm excited about it. If you read on in 1 Samuel 23, you see them once again renew the covenant of their friendship and they part ways for the final time as things continue to play out. And so just like last week when we talked about David and Goliath, I kind of got towards the end and I looked at everybody and I was like, well, so what? And I'm gonna do the same thing today. So what? What about you? What about me? If there were a few things to be reminded of last week in regards to courage, even though our circumstances and David's are quite different, I would also say there's a few things to be reminded of this week in regards to biblical friendship, looking at the life of Jonathan and David, even though most of us don't have anyone trying to kill us while also trying to be best friends with the person who's trying to kill us, son or daughter. If that is the case, you should definitely let somebody know about that. I think, for, I think for us, the intentionality and the vulnerability in the context of friendship is actually motivated by the rest of the definition that I gave when we began today. So for review, biblical friendship exists when two or more people bound together by a common faith in Jesus Christ pursue him and his kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability. Biblical friendship exists when two or more people bound together by a common faith in Jesus Christ pursue Jesus Christ and Jesus's kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability. Remember, studying through the Old Testament, what does it tell us about God? How does it point us to Jesus? What does it remind us of about who we are in Jesus? That's the thing. So I'm not asking you today to consider whether or not you have acquaintances or relationships or even friends. 
that you hang out with, talk to, socialize with, travel with, chat with. What I am asking all of us to consider is, do we have people that we're walking with that love Jesus? Do you also love Jesus? And together are you pursuing Jesus and Jesus's kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability? That's the question I'm posing to you. Not if you have friends. I'm not asking if you got somebody you're compatible with. I'm not asking if you got somebody who gets you. You just get me, okay? Not that those are bad things. Compatibility, great. People who get you, wonderful. I got a few people who get me. I'm super thankful for it. But do you love Jesus and are you pursuing Jesus and Jesus's kingdom together? I've talked about this before. Two of the biggest lies from Satan since the beginning of time is that we are autonomous and that we are self-sufficient. That is being blasted at you and I 24-7. True back in the garden could be the slogan of the world we live in today. Autonomy, self-sufficiency. You don't need anybody. You're good enough. Buck up. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You got this. Positive self-talk, positive self-talk, positive self-talk. And the call of Jesus upon our lives is that we need him. And the way he designed it, we need each other. Jesus speaks to both of these things in John 15. I wanna read some of these verses to you. John 15, nine, Jesus speaking. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy, get a load of this, may be in you and that your joy may be full. Side note, contrary to what you have heard or think, Jesus says there is joy in obedience. There is true fullness of joy in following Jesus in Jesus' ways. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. Verse 16, you did not choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Verse 17, these things I command you so that you will love one another. What is our, as followers of Jesus, motivation for Jesus-focused, kingdom-minded friendship characterized by intentionality and vulnerability. Like we always say when talking about lasting motivation for true life change, we do it every week. Lord willing, we do it every week. We point you to Jesus. Not Sunday school answer, Jesus. Jesus. We remind one another, Jesus chose you 
I remind you today, Jesus is your friend. I remind you today that Jesus says right here, love one another. Jesus says how we do life together puts the power of the gospel on display for a watching world to see. So my question for us, with whom are you pursuing Jesus and his kingdom? I know we're all unique. I know that we're all different. But on a practical note, I'm gonna share how I've processed this through the years, take it or leave it. I'm just letting you know how I think about it. Really into three different groups, categories, mentors, peers, and disciples. Mentors, what biblical friends do I have that are older than me, have walked with Jesus longer than me, who will encourage me to pursue Jesus and kingdom things? What biblical friends do I have that are older and walked with Jesus longer than me who will encourage me to pursue Jesus and kingdom things? Uh, We talk about community here a lot. We offer community for people to be able to step into. We know at times that finding biblical friends who care about the things that you care about in regards to what matters to Jesus isn't always just an easy thing to happen. So we wanna provide that as we can for people. When I was in high school, uh, there was a a gentleman who was a few years older than me who began to disciple me, became a mentor to me. His name was Eric, Eric Vanderplow. And Matt was in that group and a handful of other guys were in that group. He's a pastor now in Moore, South Carolina uh, at Grace Church there. It's a wonderful church. Eric's a good dude. He went all around the United States, like Chicago, Wisconsin, and with all the other Northerners, he came back because that's what everybody's doing. Anyway, a few years ago when he came back to town, Matt and I were able to grab lunch with him, an opportunity for me to say thank you. And it's not just Eric. Because of what I experienced in high school, it shaped me, and this is how it shaped me for the rest of my days. So we can go high school, let's say 18 years old. I'm 48 last 30 years. There has never been a moment or time in my life when I haven't had someone older than me who's walked with Jesus longer than I have that I haven't asked to speak into my life and remind me of Jesus and kingdom things. I pray that's not because I'm a pastor. I pray that's because I follow Jesus. Peers, who are the people my age that are my friends who will encourage me to pursue Jesus and kingdom things? Jason, does, if you're married, does your spouse fall into that category? Absolutely. I pray that's the case for any and all of you that are married, that together you're following after Jesus, kingdom things, intentional, vulnerable. But I also pray that you got people that aren't your spouse, that that's true of relationship that you have with them. Again, just my experience on my phone, it's a group thread, it's called The Guys. It's Matt Rexford, it's Kyle Estep, who I pastored with for, uh, I don't know, 15, 17 years at Summit Church, and Jeff Coppins. 
who attends church here and Matt and Jeff and I have been best buds since high school. And there's an intentionality there. This Bible reading plan that we have, it's not because I need to find some, like, if there was no Bible reading plan, these would be the guys that were still texting me and I pray that I would be texting about what I'm hearing from the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Who do you have this your age? Gentlemen, particular. Who do you have this your age with which you are being intentional and vulnerable in pursuing the things of Jesus and his kingdom? But Jason and I, yeah, I know. And when I say I know, I know in that I've heard most of whatever's getting ready to come next. Not dismissively. I'm not saying it doesn't count. I'm not saying your past doesn't matter. I hope you're hearing my pastoral heart in what I'm saying. But as I read through what Jesus says, I cannot find anywhere where he says, unless it's been really bad in the past, then never mind. Pierce. Lastly, disciples. Who am I discipling? Who's around me that's a bit younger than me? And I'm encouraging them intentionally to pursue Jesus and kingdom things. We talk about that around here a lot. Discipleship matters to us. This August, something's a little teaser. This August, something's launching called FG Disciple. Just keep your ear to the ground. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, who do I have in my life that I'm being intentional with? Who am I being... Eric, like, I'll be Eric. Who's younger than me to disciple and walk with? Now, we hear all of this today, and there's a couple of different things that some of you are thinking. I'll speak to them really quickly. Some of you are saying, Jason, I've got those people. And if that's you, that's awesome. Be intentional with them. Here's what I mean by that. How about you write them and you thank them? If you got anybody that you're intentional, vulnerable with, encouraging you to walk in your walk with Jesus and to pursue kingdom things. Let them know that in some way, shape, or form. That might be the most practical takeaway for you today. If you're here and you're going, Jason, I don't have those people. Not to overly oversimplify it, but would you begin to pray that the Lord would provide those people? Would you step into the opportunities maybe to begin, if this is your place, to meet those types of people. And most importantly, would you continue to look at Jesus who, because he gave his life for you, what did he say in chapter 15? I chose you. If you're looking for the greatest model of intentionality and vulnerability, look no further than what Jesus has done in making a relationship with him possible. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week. We'll see you next time.